This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And we're starting off today's show with just a little bit of sad news. Barry will no longer be hosting the show with us. Thursday was her last episode. We wish her the best on everything that she has coming up. But in the meantime, for us, we have some very exciting things happening. We're going to have some great guests over the next few weeks, some voices you might recognize, some new voices. And today, I am very excited to be joined by one of my favorite Bravo podcasters. You've heard her before on the show. Please welcome from the Andes Girls podcast, Sarah Galley. You forgot to say one of your favorite people. So I don't know if we need to redo this, but we start with well, the, the person, the person. I'm one of your favorite people and all, uh, I'm a yeah. double threat. I'm a double threat of adoration from you. Well, I think your, it goes without saying, if you're one of my favorite Bravo podcasters, you're already in like a top tier of people Thank because, you. you know, Thank you for the clarity. I guess actually clarity. like to say that all Bravo podcasters are like automatically great people is maybe like... <laughs> A little bit of a blanket statement I'm not prepared to make, but like you're 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 good folks. That's the after show, guys. You you need to pay an extra subscription service, and then we will truly mention it all. We yeah, will. and Sarah will be reading excerpts from her burn book after the show. Also known as my DMs. Exactly. Um, today we have a lot to talk about, actually, because it is. I mean, Salt Lake City Day, of course. Yesterday was a holiday, so we have, you know, Salt Lake to catch up on. And, of course, the Summer House season premiere. Sarah, I know you've watched it. I know you have thoughts. You said you also have concerns, which I, I have to agree. <laughs> it was it was an episode. Um, Amanda, we're just, we're, we're praying for you. We're rooting for you. We don't, we're concerned for you. If we could write that on a piece of paper and have your parents sign it, just like from the Bravo community, we have, we have some thoughts maybe, perhaps. Yeah, that moment where she, uh, where she told Paige and Sierra that her, she and Kyle signed an agreement that if they call off the wedding specifically because of his drinking, that they, that he owes them back all the money they've spent planning this wedding. And I have to say, for Lindsay to reveal that she was pregnant and had a miscarriage, Mm -hmm. and for that not to be the most shocking reveal in the episode, oh, it, Kyle and Amanda, I honestly, since for the last few months, since we saw their wedding on social media and all of that, I feel like I've been pretty positive on Kyle and Amanda's relationship, but Mm -hmm. this premiere really just like sucked me back down to the, the bad place. I'm not going to say that we were lied to, but I maybe assumed that as Carl had grown and matured, 
that maybe it was like a BOGO and Kyle was right there with him. But I I am okay, Dylan, Dylan Hafer, Dylan Hafer from Mention It All. I ha- have a genuine question for you. Okay. If you are at the point where you have to sign a like friendship agreement style, friendship contract style agreement with your parents, it's like not legally binding, but like karmically, spiritually binding. Yes. About your fiance's binge drinking or behavior when he binge drinks, this man who runs an alcohol company it that you work with him on. If you're at the point where you have to sign a piece of paper that he will owe your parents every penny for the wedding if he continues to binge drink, why are we threatening? Why why hasn't he worked through this? Why are we attaching a financial implication? Not to say that she's wrong, but just like, it sounds like they're trying to threaten him into like being cool. And I don't know how that works in these circumstances. The thing for me watching this episode is that I, when I watch these shows on Bravo, where sort of the part of the point is to get drunk and be a mess on camera, I really try not to not to assign too much of like real world thinking to people's drinking totally. behaviors on camera because I think it can get into a really dangerous place when you're watching somebody get drunk on Summer House or on Roni and saying like, she gets drunk all the time. She's an alcoholic and she's going to die from drinking. Like I never want to, I don't think it's really fair to make that judgment. But the thing with the way that Amanda is presenting this, it's like, if it is this bad of a problem on a recurring basis, then it seems like a larger problem than just what if the wedding gets derailed? It's like, exactly. it seems like it. we've gotten to a point where Kyle needs to address something within himself that doesn't really have anything to do with his relationship with Amanda. Because if you're regularly getting to the point where you're, you know, blacking out, you know, totally belligerent, not being able to sort of like, live a you know make good decisions and stuff like that's the kind of thing where it makes me concerned for his you know well-being safety health whatever you want to categorize that as so it's like in the context of us watching the show obviously like we know that they get married their relationship is like a main storyline but in the context of like life as a whole it's like it seems like Kyle really needs to uh, find some way to navigate out of this. And it doesn't seem like it's really being treated like such a serious thing, except for the way it pertains to Amanda's relationship. A hundred percent. And, you know, Summer House to me was introduced as a show that was like lighter, but also a little bit like maybe zanier than Pump Rules. Like Summer House was a show where the narrative is these kids work <laughs> kids. These kids uh, were the same age, by the way, <laughs> mid spiritually mid twenties less. These kids work work their tushies off during the week, and then on the weekends they have this weekend share, and they are able to let go. And because of COVID, now we do like the block of chunk of time, a month or however long it is, where they're in the house twenty four seven. But the narrative around this is that these are people who are still like 
pounding the pavement, you know, working their jobs. And this is like their opportunity to let go as opposed to Vanderpump Rules, which is just like or was may its memory be a blessing. Just like this nonstop, like wild, dark (laughs) web of whatever. Right. Right. And and now it's like we're finding out that during the pounding of the pavement, which is that time outside of the craziness, that Kyle's actually crazier when it comes to like partying and being disrespectful or crossing boundaries in his relationship, stuff that's happening off camera that we're not seeing. And now we're in the summer house environment where it's like, you feel maybe pressure or opportunity, whatever to really let go. Like, how do you do that if you're juggling this really dark kind of tension with your fiance about his behavior when he drinks, but also maybe when he doesn't? Yeah, it's going to be tough this whole season. Obviously, we know that they ended up getting married. We've all seen the pictures and stuff. And gorgeous, gorgeous wedding. Her parents, they're showing the wedding on, you know, at the beginning of the premiere. So if, if, as it looks like it's going to be this relationship stress is going to be a main storyline for the season. It's kind of like, I felt like I was in a place where I was rooting for Kyle and Amanda to be like together and normal. And now after last night's episode and seeing what it looks like this season is going to be like, I'm like, wait, uh, like, (laughs) is them getting married? Like the happy ending at the end of this season? Or is it like a, uh, well, they made this decision. We'll see. And yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. But the other relationships on the show, I am more intrigued by almost at this point, because like like I said, with Lindsay's big reveal about her and Jason's pregnancy miscarriage moment, and then, you know, Paige and Andrea's whole deal and knowing that she's with Craig, it's like there's a lot of other stuff going on besides Kyle and Amanda. Thank God. Andrea, in those briefs, uh, the, ga- <laughs> the gasp I let out. I mean, that's the reboot. That's a spinoff is Andrea <laughs> walking around the kitchen of whatever house we put him in, ideally mine, in whatever bikini bottoms he wants to. My Lord, I I felt for Paige in that moment. I was like, I get it, sweetie. Like, and I know that IRL, you're in a different moment with a different co-star from a different show, but like maybe we should rethink because sweet Christ. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish, and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences 
every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Paige is in an interesting position because she clearly... She doesn't really want to date Andrea. That seems clear. It's like, I think she was very, she was sort of infatuated with him on Winter House. It was fun. It was cute. It was extremely brief. I think we sometimes forget that Winter House was like a two week experience. <laughs> it was like 90 minutes for them. Yeah. Right. And, you know, after that, when she said that they got back to the city, they were still talking and he asked her to stop seeing other people, which. I was a little confused by the way Paige phrased that because I'm like, did he say that you should both stop seeing other people or did he tell instruct you that you weren't to see other people? Like, was Andrea still texting other bitches? Yes or no. <laughs> but again, but like, counter to that, the briefs. So, you know, right. what I'm, and, you know, it's like. And now that they're back in the house, it's like, I don't really think she came back intending to like be on the Andrea train again, but she sees what he looks like and that he brings her the coffee and that he's, you know, has the, still has that accent. And it's like, ah, you know, y- y- I, get, I still get it. But like, it already seems like Paige's heart is more leaning in the direction of Craig. And I'm sure we'll see that play out in the coming weeks. Ugh. Yeah. And what I just, you know what? It's like, I mean this in the most respectful way, but... I'm bracing myself. (laughs) As you should. But you know what I was thinking while I was watching this? Because I, unfortunately, I'm very, very behind on Winter House, but I've seen every episode of Summer House, obviously, 75 times. (laughs) And um, I don't miss Hannah at all. I think it was a good choice for everyone involved that she, quote unquote, left the show dot 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 pause right i think it it makes i feel like the cast makes sense and all of these new people i'm here for it i love the energy i agree i like i think the cast is really well balanced going into this season a good mix of relationship threads that we're excited to follow and single people who we don't know what will happen with them um i think with the the cast changes between last season and this season to me, it's almost less about personal feelings of like, mm. I did or did not like Hannah on the show. Mm-hmm. And more just that I think the group kind of moved to a place where she didn't need to be there. Right. And if you think about because, you know, it used to be Paige and Hannah were kind of this dynamic duo. And then last season, we saw Paige getting really close with Amanda. And they kind of were BFFs. And then Paige and Sierra now are super close. They were like, besties on winter house they shared a room together and now it's like it almost doesn't even have anything to do with hannah like Mm. Paige, amanda and sierra have kind of formed this little group that really feels like it makes sense and i could still see them having a good kind of tension with Lindsay and danielle this season and so it doesn't really feel like and who knows where maya is gonna fit into that Um, dynamic with all the other women. So I I think the cast makes sense. I agree. I think Hannah leaving was the right thing. Not even because... I mean, Hannah got a lot of hate last season. I think a lot of it wasn't quite warranted. Like, people were a little intense about it. But, Mm -hmm. like, I think it makes sense that she's not on this season. 
Yeah, and I'm curious what's going to happen with Luke. So is Luke like a friend of on Summer House at this point? Like, yeah. I'm not against it, but I'm just curious. It was strange. I, I'm, I don't know what happened with that because there was a spare bedroom we saw on the first night when that Amanda ended up using. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no mention of oh, Luke is missing this weekend or he's coming in late. Like, we usually get kind of an explainer if somebody's not there right away. Like, I think last season that happened with a couple people that did, that happened on Winter House too, where it was like, oh, like, this person's flight is delayed. Like, this person is driving Mm -hmm. up tomorrow. And so I'm a little, I kind of forgot that Luke was going to be on this season and then he's in the previews and stuff. So it's like, okay, no, he's coming back. But I don't know. I'm not the biggest Luke fan. Mm-hmm. Not not in the sense that I really have any issue with him. I just don't. I don't think he brings that much to the show. So we'll see. I'm I'm curious to see if he's really like demoted this season or if he just mm-hmm. is like missing one weekend. Do you think that he's gonna find himself in any kind of romantic entanglement? Why do I? Because there was like a whole thing with Sierra, right? Like, what do you think is gonna well, or yeah. had been? What what do you think is going to happen there? Is he there for like a good time, but not a long time? What are we What are we thinking he's going to bring as far as interpersonal dynamics? I don't know because I have no idea. I really have no. I haven't like tried to figure out that much where this season is going to go. I feel like I've, I'm kind of just like letting it happen week by week. Um, so like I have no idea like who the newbies are kind of looking into I don't know how quickly we're going to see Lindsay and Carl entering into some sort of relationship mm. dynamic so I don't know I mean it's it does seem like Luke has kind of played the field as much as he can within this group so unless unless something happens with Maya it's kind of like who would Luke even hook up with but mm-hmm. I don't know we'll see yeah I just feel like There are significant relationships taking place. And like, you know what? Now thinking back, like maybe it's not the worst idea that he's not really mired in any of that. Like there's he's going to be there, I guess. And this new guy who eats 18 pounds of protein because, of course, LOL, protein is life. Like I'm very into him non-ironically being like, I'm not a ladies man. I am fascinated by this person. I don't remember his name. I want to say it's Alex. like Ben or Chris. Great. Perfect. Alex, same difference. I was going to I was going to ask you what what is your where does your mind go when somebody says they're the opposite of a ladies man? Like does that mean that he is more relationship oriented or that he doesn't it's just it's like not that into finding women to do anything with like I I, that was a strange comment to me because I'm like okay so like what are what are you (laughs) I mean oftentimes when guys say that that means that they're actually double being a ladies man like they're like I'm not a ladies man because I am absolutely a ladies man but the way that he delivered it and then responded back he was like um duh of course I'm a dork and like I strike out or whatever that's how I took it that he was saying that he was kind of dorky and I was like yeah, because if that's the case, I'm so fascinated because he's right. obviously in like peak, perfect physical condition and he's working in the wellness, you know, yeah, workout industry. Pres- so he's surrounded by beautiful people. 
he presents very like hot yeah fit, masculine man and so yeah. if he has a different side to him I would love to see that because the like muscle tank showing up in the house with his two pounds of ground turkey like doesn't really give me any different kind of vibe but you know it's early so we'll see what's happening with that I mean, I thought he was going to be like the hot dumb. And then he started being like, of course, I'm not a ladies man. And my ears, I just I was like primed. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, maybe he's like dorky or something or quiet. Like I am extremely here for that energy because, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. And maybe he's going to be this season's example of that. Well, let's be very clear. He could still be the dumb just because he's like. Oh, I'd love it. I I would love to be dumb with him for hot and no an hot and dumb. Watching the hot show, hot and dumb. Hot and dumb is one of my favorite combinations. So you know, love I would it. not be upset about about a hot and dumb entering the summer house. We've we've seen it before, and I'm sure I'm sure we haven't seen the last. Um, okay, so before we move on to Salt Lake, I just want to get kind of final thoughts on Summer House after this premiere. How, overall, how are you feeling about the season? Is there anything that you are particularly excited for? Or just kind of like, what's what's your vibe with Summer House? I mean, it's, it's Summer House is at such a point of excitement that I don't really think anyone is disappointed or upset knowing the ending when the beginning has just started like with the fact that we know about Craig and Paige and the fact that we know about Carl um, and Lindsay and you know Carl just went on watch what happens and was like essentially the the relationship sort of started at um, at what's his faces I've at Kaimanda's wedding so you're not like gonna see it this season and I wasn't disappointed at all it, it, it's a, it's a mark of how much I think a lot of people enjoy the show that it's like it's okay that we don't necessarily see some of this play out because right. I feel like the cast is really strong I'm very into the new energy in a way that I didn't expect and I am gravely concerned <laughs> for Amanda's future with this guy who is raging against the machine except the machine happens to be a bathroom with his fiance I am very nervous about her based on how he expressed himself the following morning I have concerns yeah. about that I hate that my mind goes here, but you said Kaimanda like two minutes ago, and I just can't ever think hear that and not think that it sounds like the name of an IUD. <laughs> Maybe it does. Maybe once it monthly, does. Once monthly Kaimanda. <laughs> Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com MIA. 
When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Let's pivot. Let's pivot. Let's pivot. <laughs> Let's pivot to Salt Lake City. Uh, we are approaching, you know, the final landing of this season. We are on our second trip of the season, oh. I guess, I I, need, I want Salt Lake someday to get like a an actual like extravagant trip. These like they got to get out of the Sprinter van and into somewhere that requires a flight. You know, like that's mm-hmm. my that's my ultimate wish for them. Um, but we pick up where we left off on the you know ill begotten Sprinter van, and I want to hear kind of leaving off from last episode into this one. What was your reaction to seeing another blind rage from Jen Shaw? Because we haven't gotten one of those in a little while. Um, I felt not even necessarily unnerved, but disconnected from the idea that this is someone who should be in the fight of her life, who is choosing instead to fight her co-stars in so many ways that you would think could be used against her. And it's just so chaotic and so messy and seems so purely Jen that it's kind of it is, I guess, a little bit cringe just in the sense of like she really, really, really can't filter, including her impulses. I said this on the newest Andes Girls. My table just arrived. I said this on the newest Andes Girls, but it feels like for Jen, she views um, filters and boundaries as weaknesses. And I think that's going to end up being her greatest downfall. So I'm curious to see kind of how that plays out as Jen approaches her trial and whether or not she might take the stand. Because I have to think she is the exact kind of person that a defense attorney would say, absolutely not, under no circumstances should you testify in your own case, because she is a loose cannon. She's exhibited that she doesn't have impulse control. But on the other hand, I can see Jen Shaw being the kind of person who is like, you bet your ass I will be testifying, because these motherfuckers are saying all this shit about me, and I need to get up there and clear my name. And I'm... (laughs) I, you know, obviously that's a whole different arena that that could go into. But even on Housewives, it's like watching her, knowing the greater context of what she's going through, it's like, girl, who gives a fuck about Lisa and Meredith? You have so many bigger fish to fry. Yet she's looking like she's about to maybe throw hands and like get taken back into custody before beating up Lisa Barlow on the bus. It's like, where is the line between you know, you're still doing your job on Housewives and like, you know what your situation is right now. So like, chill the fuck out. 
Yeah, and what's her like bail bond condition stuff? Should she is she supposed to be binge drinking? Because we saw her very intoxicated. Heather said she's very intoxicated. She was then physically intimidating Lisa. I mean, that's literally what she was doing. Had to be held back by a producer. That is to me abnormal behavior for someone who is also telling us that her life might be over in the sense that her future might be ruined or taken away for a number of years. It doesn't feel like she is as respectful for the gravity of the situation that she should be. But that's also me talking through the lens of being a person who understands checks and balances when it comes to accountability. Like she can't, she refuses to process it. So it's like, all right, well then let's see what happens to you. I don't think this is going to be the ending that you want it to be based on how you've been behaving ever since the arrest. I was kind of gagged when they showed the montage of her with that metal water bottle on the bus and at the house and stuff. Because I think last episode, when she and Lisa first got into it, there was no reason to assume that she had been drinking. And oh, then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that flashback, it's kind of like, wait, that's pretty bleak if nobody else was drinking on this bus ride. And she was like, bringing a water bottle full of God knows what. It's like, ma'am, you, <laughs> that is, that is not a good, not a good look to be, you know, bringing to the show. And like, I don't know, it seems like she's in a bad way. And I mean, how would you not be? But it, it just feels like every step of the way she is not doing a good job of handling this situation that is before yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. And I would feel like the best and worst example of that for Jen isn't the moment in the van it's this narrative that she explicitly tried to push, I think for the first time as explicitly as she did this week with the new episode, where she is attempting to say that Meredith concocted a lie about Jen's alleged criminal activity and then I guess slid into the FBI's DMs and did so while traveling back in time over a decade ago in which to alert them and came up with all of these criminal conspirators who, heads up, all happened to plead guilty. So, wow, she really hit the jackpot of luck and fortune to come up with such intricate details of a criminal conspiracy that you're <laughs> alleged to have led for uh, upwards of a decade. <laughs> and she like, did this yeah. because you talked about her son. Like last season make it make sense make it I like make sense that, i like that as we've gotten to this point in the season you know earlier meredith had been sort of had played coy when people were asking about whether she talked to the feds and she you know she's like i don't know you'll have to watch the show and you know had kind of <laughs> had kind of drawn that out a little bit because people were talking about it and like how did they know she was at beauty lab which like the fbi just knows things um but i am glad as we're getting to the tail end of the season that meredith is kind of dropping that little charade and being like shut the fuck up i was not i was not the one that tipped you off to the, tipped the fbi off about you like literally who do you think i am all i like i hired this private investigator specifically to investigate right. these threats against my family i thought it was i thought it was really important that she specified and she was open about like 
I gave the private investigator all of you ladies' names right. because the whole point was I was trying to figure out who in my life could have been behind this. And so then it makes Jen's argument about, oh, you had me investigated XYZ. It makes that argument so much weaker because Meredith is like, okay, technically, yeah, I had Heather investigated and Whitney investigated and Lisa investigated. And so if you, you know, if you want to harp on the fact that I, you know, involved you in this investigation sure that's true but it wasn't because of you it was because i was trying to be thorough and you know i mean the the whole suggestion that anyone on this cast is like the reason jen is in this position has always been ridiculous it's always been stupid and you know it's fun to play the game for a little bit but i'm glad that when push comes to shove meredith is kind of putting her foot down and being like this literally isn't true this doesn't even make sense Yeah, and you would think that Heather would have known that information since she was aware of this, like, cyber investigation because Heather was one of the people who was being sent, um, like, wild comments or messages or whatever was taking place. And the way that Jen immediately deflated and sort of pivoted and recalibrated when Meredith dropped that everyone in the cast all of their information was given. She immediately was like, well, Jenny, this is on you. Like, I'm just wondering in the back of my head, she understood that she was screwed with a strategy that wasn't going to work out because, you know, it's like the whole thing on AG is normalized, changing your mind based on new information. Jen immediately changed her mind based on the new information about the cast and immediately pivoted to like attack somebody else. My question to you is why, why do you think, that Whitney and Heather have participated in a narrative that maybe Meredith, like they haven't shot Jen down. They seem to genuinely participate in the conversation that like maybe Meredith was was doing something that led to Jen's arrest. Why do you think that they're participating in that? Do you think that they actually believe it? No, I don't believe that they believe it. I. It almost seems like, Whitney and Heather have sort of enjoyed this season the fact that the biggest conflicts have not really involved them. And they've kind of had this wiggle room a little bit to play both sides, to get a little messy, to kind of just talk shit about whatever. And it's not really going to be, it's not going to come back to bite them because at the end of the day, you have you know, this issue between Jen and Meredith and Lisa's involved with that, but like Heather and Whitney are kind of non-factors in that whole situation. And then likewise, you have, you know, Mary's situation and she's fighting with, you know, she has issues with Lisa and, you know, she's getting into it with Whitney a little bit, but at the end of the day, it feels like Whitney and Heather have sort of skated through this season a little Mm bit. And in the context of, within the group, what they do kind of doesn't have a lot of stakes right now. And so it's like, yeah, we'll we'll talk about what if Meredith talked to the FBI? Like, why not? It's kind of funny. But then I think the negative effect as we are watching the show is that all of us are watching Heather week after week be like, Jen's my friend. And on Watch What Happens Live, defending Jen and all of this stuff. And so it's like, maybe in the context of the friend group, it didn't really matter what you said. But then when we're watching it back, it's like, damn, Heather really uh, seems to be team Jen through this whole thing. And, 
you know, it's one thing if she wants to say innocent until proven guilty, but she really doesn't seem to be uh, interested in thinking that hard about what Jen allegedly did. And that is sort of troubling at the end of the day. So I think, you know, I think Whitney and Heather overall have had kind of like good seasons in the sense that they've been entertaining to watch Mm -hmm. and they've, you know, not gotten totally dragged by anyone, but it's like, I don't know if they've really had standout seasons in the way that they wanted to. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Yeah, the Heather stuff is so interesting to me. I mean, the Whitney, you know, being a business expert uh, was news to, I think, a lot of us. But Heather seemed like such a rational person and, and the voice of the audience so often that her uh, ability to disconnect from any consideration of the crimes that have taken place and, you know, the whole mantra of innocent until proven guilty and she needs a friend, like, I get it. And I get that your friend is in a lot of trouble and you want to support her. And in some ways that's commendable, but also you're doing that while completely ignoring the gravity of the crimes that she potentially committed. And we're not seeing any moments where you're even acknowledging it. And it's like the disconnection. You shouldn't have to. I don't know. This might be incredibly naive of me and it probably is. But like, I don't love the idea that you have to disconnect entirely from like maybe the, the an aspect of truth around your friend that's really unpalatable in order to support them without taking into account like who's supporting you in this because your friend is like maybe in the moment lying to you I I, it's it's really complicated and I only see the winner in that relationship as Jen I think the cost is actually pretty high for Heather right like where is the line between I'm trying to be a supportive friend and I'm getting taken for a ride by someone who's taking advantage of my kindness and I think I'm worried that Heather is falling on the uh, the bad Sorry. side of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want I want to talk about um, 
Meredith and Mary's arrival at this Zion trip because it seems like both of them are fully just not in the mood to be there. Um, they arrive late. They're not getting ready in time for Bettina's healing ritual. You know, they're... <laughs> Whitney is very clear that they need to leave at a certain time in order to be in the desert for the ceremony before sunset. And, you know, basically, Mary just fully doesn't doesn't go with them. She comes later. Meredith is like, Whitney, I don't, wh- why are you, uh, I don't care about, you know, like, she ends up going on the bus, but clearly doesn't want to be there. It's a little strange to me, all of a sudden, how both of them seem totally checked out from this experience of being on the show and I sort of expected it from Mary because obviously we know that she has now literally checked out of the show and she never really seemed to like participating that much in the first place but I was surprised to get that so strongly from Meredith because it's like no you're like you're kind of like a main character here come on like you need to do the trip Yeah, you didn't even cheat. Meredith, who thinks of herself as a fashionista, for better or worse, like, wore denim on denim with a gray top to a party. Like, it's like wearing that to Kyle's annual white party. Like, literally, what are you? It is it is actually, I thought, like, kind of disrespectful if, if the host who's doing so on a television show is telling you that, like, there's a certain look that she's going for and you seem to be someone who has a wide variety of looks. She, you know, you know, she she has a white pantsuit, you know, she has a white pantsuit ready to go. And even Mary, who I would say is the most disrespectful in this situation, finds time to call out Meredith for not following the dress code. (laughs) Mary's like, Mary's like, I was an hour late and wouldn't participate, but at least I'm wearing white. (laughs) I mean, Mary, to me, was the highlight of that event. Mary saying, I'm going to stay outside of the circle. Oh, you you want me to come in? I'm actually okay. And then Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. And in a confessional, I'm going to say, you know, I don't know that the reason that I didn't engage was because of my religion. Maybe. Could be. Or maybe I just didn't want to do it. I I mean, God bless. God bless. (laughs) I I have to say, Mary is clearly a bad person who brings up, <laughs> you know, she, br- she brings a lot of, she brings yeah. a lot of darkness with her. A lot I, of think, baggage. I think in the grand scheme of things, it's for the best that she will not be on the show in the future as, as far as we know at this point. But I have to say she is funny as hell. And I, you know, sometimes in these moments, I just, there was a screenshot um, that Gibson Johns posted first and it's like of um, Lisa and Meredith like participating in this ritual with their red shawls or whatever. Oh and God. in the background of the shot, like right between <laughs> them, you just see Mary and she is perched on this little rock in her stiletto thigh high boots, God just bless. looking like she would rather die than be there right now. And the way something about the the setting they were in the cinematography is like striking and the you know the red and the white against the desert background and you know Bettina doing her thing and you know there's a sunset happening and everyone just it looks like there are some shots that just look like they're out of like a Quentin Tarantino movie or something yeah 
But then you have Mary in the background being like, Lord have mercy, mercy, Jesus Christ, why am I here right now? Why did I stay? Uh, oh my God. And it was just, that was a scene that I truly, really, really enjoyed. A hundred percent, totally agree. And also at that dinner, Mary being like, Mary dragging Whitney and Whitney not realizing she was being dragged was iconic television. Like, again, you know, broken person, lot of darkness, questions around the whatever. She, when Mary is on, when she really does give zero fucks, it is prestige television. Mary being like, you know, I just don't have, I just don't have capacity for it. I just, I'm okay. Like, then let's just, let's just hang out. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, you're trying to engage with me, but like, I just don't care about you is is all. I thought it was, her, her, her reads were great. I thought that they were hilarious. Yeah. I do think Whitney clearly, like I was saying earlier, like she hasn't been as involved in some of the conflicts this season. And I think at this dinner, we see her trying to sort of make an effort to stir the pot a little bit. And I think, you know, her bringing up the lateness, that's, you know, Housewives 101. I think that is, you know, perfectly warranted, whatever. They were late. They were rude etc etc but when she's again kind of harping on the fact that mary doesn't want to be her friend and it's like who gives a fuck like okay okay like i don't really want mary to be my friend like <laughs> let's just let's just move on um and you know mary actually seems to be kind of enjoying herself because yes i guess because she's not the main target at this dinner she doesn't feel um and then when meredith eventually leaves the table and they sort of send mary to go get her she's like oh okay okay a job <laughs> like all of a sudden she wants she just wants this to never end yeah she literally was like can i actually send jesus because i would like to remain at the table because of the potatoes <laughs> but also you guys yelling at each other and not at me i mean she was she was almost gleeful she and i loved it i love to watch her be like i'm actually enjoying myself i'm i'm okay not being that person right now i thought it was really funny yeah and you know contrast that to meredith who um again would rather die than be at this table right now i was actually i mean i knew that she was going to come back because we've seen the previews but i was surprised that she so quickly uh, came back to the table with mary because she really seemed over it i don't know if that's like a producer in your ear thing of like Mm. meredith you need to go back to the table right um but she she went back and, you know, that was when we're again talking about um, the comments about her family. And then Jen, of course, again, brings up the comments about her family. And the fact that for Jen, comments about my family still just boils down to Brooke saying he saw her vagina is, I mean, she just isn't operating on the same, you know, in the same universe as the rest of us. It's like, yeah, and, and Meredith is like, yeah, I've seen your vagina 50 fucking times. Who cares? And also she, Meredith name dropped like <coughs> producers or like members of somebody's team saying essentially like these people also told you to cover yourself and Jen being like, well, you know, yeah, maybe I sent death threats or maybe I said terrible things about your kid and like maybe things that you perceived as homophobic and Whatever they were, like, maybe I did that. But what you did to my sons was me consistently showing my genitalia on television is what you did to harm my family and my children. And I think she believes it, which is the wildest Mm -hmm. part of Jen. She's 
a narcissist to that level where she's like, well, if I feel a certain thing, then it must be true regardless of its basis in reality. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) as we've seen, the basis in reality seems to be slipping away. um, And also slipping away is Meredith from the table at the end of the episode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we get the iconic... Love you, baby. Bye. Um, you know, I, I, I've I, seen some chatter online of people kind of having mixed feelings about this season of Salt Lake City. And I think this is really one of those cases where people's expectations are a little too high. And that it's... Sometimes I think there's a tendency when we're watching these seasons unfold week to week to be like, ah, well, I thought it was going to be crazier. Like... And not every episode has been the craziest craziest episode of all time. And I just I I would love to know like what people really think is missing from the season of Salt Lake because I personally feel like it's pretty stellar. Yeah, I think they're having a wild season. It would be great to see what will happen with season three and really what will happen with the reunion, because I do think that Mary's absence is is going to harm the narrative that was constructed around the reunion because she was mired in so much drama. But um, I'm hopeful for season three to see what's going to happen with Jen's court case and also even noting that she's going to be like likely filming, you know, around her participation in a federal trial I would like to see sort of like a new side to these women, if that's at all possible, and see what happens with Mary's absence. Maybe that'll open up a different chapter. What happens when, you know, Whitney doesn't have Mary to hold to account? Like, what, what, where is the tension going to come from in some of these relationships and dynamics? What's going to happen with Meredith, who made a very strategic choice, regardless of how she feels about Mary, to align with Mary when Mary's no mm-hmm. longer there. Like, I think this I think this season has been incredibly entertaining and shocking and wild, and I'm also a- attaching any idea of it to what will happen in the future, because it's just, it's going to continue. Exactly, yeah. I think um, I would assume that they will be back into production as kind of as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, Just knowing the timeline of Jen's trial starting in the next couple of months. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, it is kind of just to think about anytime you have a show where from season one to season two, they kept the entire original cast. Obviously they added Jenny. So moving into season three, assuming that Mary's not there, it is, you know, going to be, really fascinating to see kind of how they adjust the casting, how the dynamic moves forward. Cause when you start to sort of lose those original members, granted, assuming everyone else comes back, they'll still have five OGs. It's not like there's like a reboot happening, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how they handle maybe like chapter two of the Salt Lake city uh, 100%. experience. Do you think that Meredith is going to be back? Um, I, I think it will be up to her. I think. Oh, wow. Interesting. I mean, I don't see anyone in this cast getting fired. Like, I don't think, obviously, Mary notwithstanding, like, I think this season has been enough of a success that I don't really, I think it'll be kind of 
similar to like a Beverly Hills. 100%. These last couple seasons where it's like, yeah, it worked. We're doing it again. Um, and I mean, same with Potomac, like no, uh, nobody's really gotten fired from either of those shows, you know, in the last couple seasons. So I think, I think Salt Lake will probably be similar where it's like, yeah, like we're doing it again. We're, we're fast tracking production. So there's not like an extensive casting process that we want to be, you know, searching high and low for new people. Like they might add a couple friends, but like, I think they'll pretty much kind of just like roll the cameras as is. Yeah, and speaking of these women deserving a trip, my guess is that next season they're going to be going to New York. <laughs> to like New York. we're we're going to see them at Woo! boutique because I think Jen Shaw has a couple appointments here in between going to Bergdorf. Like I think we might be both of us live here. I think there could be uh, some SLC oh, cameos, you know, I would be camped around out town. outside outside the courts. Uh <laughs> I'll be taking oh, we're a, going, by the way. I, we're going. Yeah. Whoever's listening from Betches, I'm going to need a little leave of absence um, because more important things are happening in the New York courts. Um, <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to Andy's Girls and all of that great stuff. Well, it was a pleasure to be here as always, Dylan Hafer, and you are a, a constant guest, a constant presence on Andy's Girls because you know I always love chatting with you. So it was such a thrill to be here today. Um, AG, the uh, podcast that I host is all about discussing the psychology behind the Bravo drama, specifically focused on Housewives franchises. So, you know, we consider it a mix of C-SPAN and Ayanla Fix My Life. Um, episodes come out twice a week on Tuesdays and... Saturdays and you can listen to the pod wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and I'm doing craziness on my Instagram every day housewife polls some little you know nuggets of wisdom and hot goss and you can follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley and get exclusive bonus content on the Andy's Girls Patreon patreon.com slash Andy's Girls we love to see it. Check out Andy's Girls if you haven't listened. It's it's always a good time. You have some great, mm-hmm. great guests and stuff. Um, but thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show. Wherever you listen, throw us a five-star review if you like listening. And in the meantime, be cool. Don't be all, like, uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.